I'm excited for how many are excited to be here. Come on, it's the first leaders conference. Open up to churches, but very quickly, we've got word to dive into. How many are excited about the word? Amen. We got some things that we need to take care of. We got some things that we need to do. And I believe that this is an amazing conference to equip you with the necessary tools for ministry, not only ministry, but to do life with Jesus. So first of all, let's give it up for the awesome worship team. Come on, man. Amen. You may be seated, but don't sit your praise. I am Puerto Rican, Dominican, loud and proud. So I like to make some noise, but I promise myself today I'll be calm. Um, as we get into it, but we've got some things to talk about. How many have their Bibles? You do, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'm Pastor Brandon Martinez. I come from the outside church. Yeah, amen. Um, it's, it's outside. And that's in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Um, I just became the associate pastor there, so I'm excited about that, what God is doing with that. Um, and before I even get into what we're going to be talking about today, I also have to let you know a fact that I'm also a police officer. And when I share this news, a lot of people slowly begin to put their seatbelts on in the parking lot. I'm not going to give you a ticket if you're Christian. Hey. And uh, <laughs> some people say, how do you do both of those things? How are you a pastor and then also a cop? And I say, it's simply this. Um, I physically put chains on people, then I spiritually break them. No? Okay. No? Okay, I'll work on it. Thank you. But, um... The reason why I wanted to share that fact is because we're actually going to do this in a, in a police-themed seminar. Because as I was praying um, to God, he, he began to reveal to me, because the DNA of God can be integrated to all things. All things that breathe life is a DNA of God. And I see God in all that I do in my work. And I began to ask God for leadership characteristics to share with you guys. So I'm excited. So it's about to get 911. Uh, it's, it's about to get a little bit weird in here, too. So touch your neighbor says, about to go down. Amen. And, and I wanted to share a quick story. I had a, a, a warrant for somebody's arrest. That, that just simply means a pow pow. And for my Spanish people, someone had a pow pow coming up. And I get a call and they, they tell me that a lady, uh, a lady calls and says that her nephew is in the living room sleeping. And because they're sleeping, they have a warrant for their arrest. Come pick him up. So I said, okay. So I got to the house and sure enough, the guy is sleeping there. And when he's sleeping there, I'm like, oh, there he is. And then the lady comes out and says, there She's whispering. I'm like, oh, you're the one that called. And she goes, shh. I'm like, oh, you don't want him to know. I got you sneaky. And so I wake him up, and I put the handcuffs on him, and I say, sir, you have to get up. But me, mind you this, while he was laying down on the floor, he had a blanket covered over him. And because he had the blanket covered, I didn't get to see anything but the chest and up. So I'm staring there, and I handcuff him, and then I start talking to him, sir, you're under arrest. And while I'm doing that, the lady begins to do a novella. She begins to cry. Oh, my God, my baby. I said, wow, fake. She's like, I don't know who called police. I'm like, you did, little liar. And she was crying tears and everything. I was like, wow. And I told him after, I'm like, hey, your aunt called. I don't know how, what family problems you got, but you got to fix it out. Because he asked me who called. But the reason why I'm sharing this story is because when I went to go pick him up, something happened. I was by myself, and I, and I pick him up, and I'm like, all right, I've got this. And I start getting a little bit higher and I realized that he's about six eight now I'm Puerto Rican so I'm like average five seven five eight amen so it was became quickly the David and Goliath story I said Lord there's no rocks around me I'm in a house I don't know what to do my, my, the way my hand throws I'm not sure if I'm gonna hit his forehead Lord help me and when he stood up I was so grateful that he was asleep 
The thing is, all my police buddies don't know that he was asleep. That's the secret that I keep. I tell everybody, yeah, he fought and I won. So when I left, I had this big guy. They're like, wow. I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. Uh, you know, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I'm like, Thank you, bro. But as I left, God began to speak to me and I said, wow, Lord, how you can speak in amazing ways. And I realized this. I couldn't see who he was because he was covered. It was until I released the covers that I began to see how big it was. And I want to tell you this before I even get into it, that there's more to your story than what you can see. You see, it was until I unveiled it and I started to pick him up that I realized what I was dealing with was much bigger than what I could see. And God wants to speak to you today to remind you that even if you're in a process, even if you're in the wilderness, wherever you find yourself today, God said there is more to your story than what you can see you're about to pick up something that is greater is anybody excited about that so I want to I want to quickly dive into this if you could give me a second I want to quickly uh we're gonna probably need this too amen okay any volunteers for a taser no okay well that's actually um that's actually a spirit in tongues enhancer because you get hit with one of those, you're going to speak all kinds of tongues. Amen. <laughs> and the first thing I want to talk about, about leadership characteristics, uh, before that, how many women do we have in the house? How many girls? Hey. How many men? <clears throat> yeah. I got three chest hairs. Yeah. And the reason why I want to speak to the women real quick is, is don't you love a man that listens? Hashtag blessed. He's perfect. But, but even better, when he listens and, and, and does what you said. You know who else loves that? Jesus. He doesn't call us to be hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. So why I want to say that is because you only retain 5% of what you hear when it comes to speech. So you got to take notes. You got to write this down. You got to implement this because you can only withdraw what you deposited in life. Amen. So I want to talk about authority. And identity, and, and that's what this is about right here. Because before I got the badge, I had to go through the police academy. I had to go through my process, and it was terrible. And we're going to share some stories about that. And when I went through the police academy, um, I had to get pepper sprayed. I had to get tasered. I had to go through tests and tests. And, and the thing is, they gave us a uniform that looked like a police officer, but in all reality, we weren't cops yet. But when I went out with that uniform, man, let me tell you, I felt all kinds of cool. I'd go to get pizza, and they'd be like, oh, you're a police officer? I'm like, yeah. At the same time, I'm hiding where it says academy. I'm like, yeah. How long you been in? Like five minutes. That's no big deal. <laughs> but the thing is, I, I, I looked apart, but I wasn't because what was inside me, I, I didn't have the authority or the identity of it. There are too many Christians in just generation that we look the part, but we don't have what's necessary. We, we're not walking in our identity, and we're not walking in our authority. So we're all show, but no act. We're, we're, we're all pretend, but there's nothing inside of us. One of the key aspects to a leader is having authority, and not only that, but identity. Because if you don't have your identity fulfilled in Christ, then you're at risk for the world to tell you who you are. And if you don't have your identity, then you can't exercise the authority that comes from the identity. Think about it. The first time, my first job was McDonald's. Hey. And, and when I went to McDonald's, I don't know why I keep doing the hey thing. I'm going to stop, I promise. Um, but when I first started at McDonald's, it's when they give you the uniform that you can now make a McChicken. Does that make sense? I can't just go in the counter, you know, and, and make the McChicken and say, here you go, because then I'm going to get arrested. It's kind of awkward. So 
what your authority comes from your identity. And this is why Christ says that it's no longer you that lives, but it is Christ that lives in you. And that being said, the same power that comes from Christ lives inside of you. It's so important to understand your authority. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 through 5. And this is the difference between passive and active. It says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? In Romans chapter 6, verse 10 through 11, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he gives life of your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. My first day in the job, there was a lady. I get to the house, and I had to conduct an investigation. And um, she wasn't having it. I got to the house. I said, ma'am, I'm here to conduct an investigation. She said, you can leave. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, keep your testimony, Martinez. <laughs> and she said, you can leave. But it was the first time that I realized, I looked at myself. I looked at my uniform. Then I looked at my partner. I said, you going to leave? Because I'm not going to leave. And I realized it was the first time that I spoke to her. And I said, I'm not leaving until I do, I do what I'm supposed to do. I, until I fulfill the purpose that I'm here for. It's the same thing. There is a devil out there to kill, steal, and destroy the purpose that you carry. And he's going to try to kick you out of your ministry. Kick you out of a vision. Keep you out of a ministry. Keep you out of your voice. Because you don't realize that you have the authority. You see, any other person would have just left us and said, okay, I'm sorry, ma'am. But someone who understands their authority says, I'm staying here. This is where I belong. Authority gives you the ability to send the devil back to hell where he belongs. It is exercising your right as a child of God. And that's why so many of us Christians, we have our heads down, walking as if we have no identity, as if we don't have an authority, as if we don't have jurisdiction, as if God didn't say you are an heir to the throne. And too many of us are walking away from our purpose because the devil told us to get out. Because we're not worthy, because we've done too much, or we've done too little, because we're broken, because we have a past, because we've experienced some things that we necessarily didn't want to experience. And he begins to try to diminish your authority. Why is that? Why does, not, why does the devil not want you to understand who you are? Because if you understand who you are, you'll start acting like it. And if you start acting like it, you'll realize that he is a liar and there is no power he has over you. Because Christ says, I have given you the power to step on the heads of serpents. It's an authority. Understanding who you are is one of the greatest gifts you can have. Because if not, you are at risk for the world telling you who you are. That is why the devil is constantly after you with influencers, with your surroundings, to try to diminish who you are. Because he is so scared of what you got let me tell you a little secret the police never chase somebody that doesn't have something they want the devil will never chase somebody that's not carrying something if you keep questioning why the devil's after you why he's after you every time you try to get your life right every time you start realigning yourself that is because of what you carry he is scared of that is the answer he is scared of you figuring out who you are and it was not until i received my badge that i was able to exercise my authority and it's not until you receive your identity that you'll be able to exercise what God has given you. Amen? I want to talk about also next the bulletproof vest. So the first one is authority. If you're writing this down of leadership characteristics. The second one I want to call expectations. Some of you are looking at this saying, that's pretty small. Yeah, I'm a small guy. That's fine. <laughs> Had to wait a little extra in the mail. <laughs> and 
the reason why this is expectancy is because of this. We go out there and we are prepared. Why are we prepared? Because we understand the threat. We understand where we are. We understand the ter territory. We understand the risk of what we do. In order to fulfill the process and the purpose that we have out there, we need to go out there prepared. We are legally obligated to wear this because of the battle that we're fighting. There is armor that you are legally needing to wear in order to battle the spiritual battles that you're fighting. But as a leader, you have to have one thing called expectancy. You have to be expectant. What does that mean? There are too many Christians that believe that they could surprise God. Like they could throw God a happy birthday surprise party. Like, gotcha. Like, Lord, do you see what's happening in my life? Yes. He can see it. He made the life. But why do I talk about the power of expectancy? In the state of Florida, how many love Florida? Let's give it up for Florida. Hey. Everyone's going to start doing that after, I promise. Hey. How was that sermon? It was, hey, good. But in the state of Florida, we have something awesome. We have warnings. Warnings for hurricanes. They will tell you advance before the storm gets here so that you can what? Do something about it. The reason why they say, hey, there is a hurricane warning is for you to go to your home and prepare your home with shutters. It's scary when it gets that dark, but we got to put shutters. You go to Walmart, you know, the one that has only one aisle and 30,000 customers. Hello. Get your food and prepare your home. The reason why it doesn't say that the storm's going to stop, but you're prepared for it. There is a big difference between expectancy and being surprised. Because expectancy will put you at a place of readiness. Not, a, a, and let me explain this, a readiness to respond, not to react. There's a big difference between responding and reacting. Reacting, it's proof that you have shorter time. You're affected deeply. But responding means you took control. There are too many times where God is telling us what is to happen. In ministry, we're going to confront some things. In life, when we do life with Jesus, we have to be expectant that we will find trouble. So many people have this facade of Christianity that once we come to Christ, that's it. Everything's dandelions. Everything's like a, a, a show of family house or full house, family house. And, and, and we're living this, this, this la-la land as if we're not in the real world. There is a battle. There is a real devil. This isn't a patty cake Christianity. And this is why God wants you to be able to respond, not react. How many people do cook in this place? How many people cook? Okay, so I'm going to go to your house after. We'll put yours on the list after. What do you cook? Mangu? Mangu in the back. Okay. Salsong. Okay, we got arroz con bichuela. This guy says, I got the tostones. Hey. And when you're cooking, the reason why you allow something to sit on it is so that it can marinate. When something marinates, it gets deeper to a point that it can't be extracted. And that's how the devil wants to attack you. When you are not prepared and you're not expectant of what you're, you're about to hit, it's going to hit you at a deeper place where the recovery is going to take longer. So basically what the devil's trying to do is paralyze you. Hit you deeper. The storm is still coming. There is nothing the news channel can say. All they can do is prepare you. And here's the truth of what the gospel of Jesus Christ says, which I love. It says, John 16, 33. How many know, first of all, this is the truth? Amen? Amen? Now, from that it says, I have told you these things. I have told you these truths. I have given you this book of life for the following. So that in me, you may have peace. Say peace with me. For in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have already overcome. Come on, am I talking to somebody? 
let's break this down. He says, and I have told you these things. Here is true. Because in this world, you will find trouble. That's God letting us know, an expectancy. But, and then here's the anticipation and the promise. I have already overcome the world. So it says, you will find trouble. Take what? Heart. For I have already overcome the world. It's okay if storms in life and in ministry and in your household come. It's not okay if you're not prepared for them. It's not okay that you're not expecting that trouble is to come. The question is, how will you respond to the trouble when it comes? How will you respond when your friend backslashed you? How will you respond when your family isn't so united at the moment? How will you respond when your ministry is not at the place where you believe it should be or it could be? How will you respond to the storms of life when you don't feel like your mind's in the right place or the devil's trying to take you out? How will you respond to the storm? If you expected it, you will respond to it, not react to it. Amen? I will never go in my field of line without that vest. That is a lifeline. Because though I may receive a bullet, it won't kill me. Though you may get beaten, it won't kill you. Though you may go through storms, it won't kill you. Though you may go through pressure and frustration, it won't kill you. Touch your neighbor and say, you don't, you're not going to die. It's not going to kill you. Amen. Respond and react will make the difference between a victim and a victor. Can we do something real quick? Can we do something real cool? Let me see. Let's do this. I, I didn't go to Planet Fitness today, so give me a second. Okay, all right. Can, 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 can you do something for me real quick? Okay, now you just grab this, and you're going you're gonna to pass it as fast as you can, and we're gonna try to make a square as fast as we can, just an outline. So let's try to do this in 30 seconds, okay? You're holding on and you're just passing it back to the person behind you as fast as you can. I wish we had like Telemundo music right now. There you go. So you got like 28 seconds to keep it going in the back. There's a crime scene. Ma'am, you're taking too long. There's a crime scene. Come on, let's try to, oh, she dropped it. Don't drop the blessing. You can't drop the blessing. Bring it to the back. Come on, there are people trying to get into my crime scene. Don't drop the, look, he got stuck with the blessing. Share the blessing, there you go. We're almost to, oh, we, I don't know if you're gonna make it, you got 15 seconds. 14, 13, I'm trying, I'm counting slow. 12, oh Lord, 10, come on, come on, nine, come on, come on, eight, seven, oh, oh, she dropped the blessing, wait, 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 wait. God is a God of grace, I'm gonna give you 10 more seconds. 10, there you go. Nine. She, she wrapped it all around. <laughs> there you go. Five. There you go. Okay, we're going to get excited for no reason. Come on. All right. You, you, can, you can leave that piece right there if you don't, you don't want to drop it. And I actually need that for work tonight, so let, uh, we're going to have to rewrap it and collect it. We'll do that in 30 seconds, too. <laughs> and, and, and the next thing I want to talk about, so we talked about authority. We talked, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to break this down. We talked about expectation. Here's another characteristic of, of leadership, and it's filters and surroundings. So someone say filter. And I'm not talking about Valencia on Instagram. I'm talking about real-life filtration. And I'm going to teach you something that we do in, in crime scenes. When we're um, at a crime scene, the very most important thing is what's inside. We got to do everything we can to protect what's inside. How many people are that nosy person that when a car crash happens, you slow down and you almost get in one? You know how many times people stop and say, what happened? I'm like, shark attack. 
that doesn't make no sense. I don't, there's no, we're not by water. <laughs> but there are so many nosy people. So we got to protect, touch your nose if you're nosy, because I know you're out there. It happens all the time. So we got to do this as quick as we can because we got to protect what's inside. But there is a reason why we got to protect what's inside because we know the purpose of what's inside. Because eventually what's inside is going to go to court. And the court is going to ask us these few questions. What is the validity? What is the, quali the, the, the quality and the condition of what's inside? What does that mean? Who walked through these ropes? Who was beyond the line? Who entered into this place? Because anybody who's beyond this line has a key influence to what's inside. Because I can easily manipulate or damage or destroy what's inside. I can plant evidence or I can take evidence. I can rearrange things to make it look like one story when it's not another. I'm here to tell you that who's inside your circle has an influence to who you become and who you are and the stability of your ministry and leadership. So we have a thing called crime scene log. And this crime scene log, there is one guy, his job is super important. It doesn't look like it because he just walk. He looks important because he's just walking with the, with the um, clipboard and just check, check. And he's writing everyone's name. Not only is he writing their name, but he's writing the reason why they're there. Because you can't just let anybody in. They have to have a purpose for why they're in. So we'll have a supervisor. And Brandon took, shout out a name, shout out a name. There's about 100 people out here. Alex. <laughs> now I'm going to use Samantha. So Samantha took pictures. Alex moved. <laughs> I got you. Alex moved this around. What was their purpose of their visitation? Why were they? There is a reason why this says caution. Because we got to protect the three things that are in there. The validity, the quality, and the condition. You have to protect what God is doing in your life. You have to protect your mind, your heart, your soul. So the next question is this. Are you filtering those who are around you? Because those who are around you have a direct line to damage who you are. Either can uplift your relationship or bring it down. There are people that will bring you back to the place that God has delivered you from. And there will be Moses in your life that will take you out of the places that God wants you to deliver, be delivered from. Who is, who's in your boat? Because if someone's on your boat and you're canoeing forward and the other person's going the next direction and you're wondering why am I not moving forward with God? Why do I feel like I'm not making any progress? The, the question is check who's riding your boat because you may be going one direction but someone else is behind you trying to take you back to a place. You're not hearing me in this place. There's some people that are trying to take you back to where God has delivered you from and it's about time that you say you got to be like Peter and step out my boat. Oh, somebody first corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 says do not be misled bad company corrupts good character i want you to touch your neighbor and say i've got you now look at the person behind you and say i think i got you now look at the person in front of you and say i don't got you is that mine okay thank you <laughs> Why do I say that? Is because you have to connect yourselves with godly ordained relationships 
There are people that need people. We can do life together. God has given us a community, especially as leaders. We need mentors. We need leaders. We need friends. We need accountability partners to protect what God is doing. So beyond this line, you have to see who, who do I have here that keeps sinking my boat? Who do I have here that maybe this is why every time I feel like I'm taking three steps forward, it's ten steps back. Wait a minute. Maybe I should check my surroundings. This is why our, 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 our livers filter because everything we eat we can't just have all the junk sit there because it'll not do physical damage outside it's kind of hard to see that until it's too late it, it's internal damage who's causing internal damage in your life check the condition of your ministry of your life of your leadership of your heart and what is their purpose of being there i need a volunteer i need a i need a guy i need i need a strong right here i got you i got you i got you okay where's where's my taser no i'm kidding Okay, come in, come in. We got, we got to talk about the next thing. Can, can, you guys give me a few minutes. We got, we got, you guys enjoying? We're good, right? Okay. So we got authority and identity. We got expectation. We've got filters and surroundings. Now we're going to talk about handcuffs, okay? We're going to talk about handcuffs. Today we're going to talk about stripping away the, the things, uh, taking away the freedom of what hinders you, okay? So, so here's this guy, right? What's your name? Thank God it's not Alex. No, I'm kidding. It's, what is it? Julian, I like it. Okay. So here's Julian. Julian, you are my opposition. Okay. You are my enemy. I'm sorry. I love you after this, but right now you're my enemy. Okay. You, you are not the good guy. So I have to place him in submission. Okay. You have to listen to me. So what is the point? How, how many have ever watched wrestling? WWE. How many? Yeah, yeah. The Rock, you know, you can't see. Can you smell what The Rock is? Okay. All right. So cool. So the, the point of wrestling is that I have an enemy. And I am his enemy. So I have to find a place. So wrestle with me just a little bit. Just don't hurt me, okay? Okay, so we're wrestling. And my goal is to find a place where I can have him submitted, okay? It's not that my enemy disappeared. It's not that the opposition is no longer there. It's just that I found a place. I found a leverage to take control of what's there, to take control of what's trying to kill me, to place into submission what's in front of me. You see, David had a Goliath. Jesus had a cross. Daniel had the lions. And there are, there are going to be some things that you have to place into submission. Here, let me go ahead and put these on you. No, I'm kidding. I don't have my keys. Thank you, though. He'd be coming out. The, how, how was the conference? It was great. The preacher forgot the keys at home. You need the keys to the kingdom. Now, let me go. That took a second, so I know you get angry. <laughs> In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, this is awesome. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, say captive, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Okay, so this is not a patty cake Christian. It says you're going to go and make it obedient to Christ. Submission. It is time to take away the freedom of the things that have been hindering you. It's not that fear has left you. It's not that that risk has left you. It's not that 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 uh, lack of identity. has. It's the fact that you found a place of control. The only way to find a place of control is to use the word of God to establish that I am bigger and higher than this. I've got to place things in submission. I've got to place things in control because that's who God has called us to do. Now, another thing is holding the old self. I've got to cuff the old self. I've got to keep him contained. He, 
He can't come out, and every time he comes out, i got to put another chain on him to hold him out. I've got to kill my flesh because every time you try to live in this new creation that God has called you as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a, as a man and woman of God, there will be the old you that tries to resurrect to try to destroy. It's, have you ever felt like you wrestled yourself? You ever had those thoughts where it's back and forth? You're like, but Lord, I love you, but right now I can't. But Lord, I can pray. And it's like a battle. It's not even about somebody. It's, it's about you. You're, you're in your room when the door is closed, when the lights are off, when all the noise is gone, and you're just wrestling with yourself. There is a thing called submission. God says everything that comes against the knowledge of God, you've got to make it obedient to Christ. You've got to fight your giant. You've got the power to submit and place into the right place where they belong. Submission is so important as a leader because things will try to approach you and there is a place that God categorizes them to be. No, you don't, you don't, you ever heard that? Me and my house shall serve the Lord. Meaning, meaning me and my house shall serve the Lord means nothing that doesn't belong here. Everything that doesn't belong here has to go. Submission. Put to place, put it in place. Put to place the things that don't belong in your life. Submission. Now it's time for the taser. Okay, hold on. We're going to take this out. Where's it at? Where's it at? Some people are getting nervous. Don't worry. It shoots 25 feet. I'll get you in the back. Amen. Don't worry, guys. It's not on. Okay, there it is. Okay. So this is what it looks like. Um, I, I don't want to just wave it, you know what I mean? But, but this is what it looks like. And this is, this is awesome. But, but what it is is a disconnection. The next thing we're going to talk about is disconnecting. And that doesn't sound so spiritual. That doesn't sound so profound because we're supposed to be connected. I'm not talking about connecting to God and to the source because we know that. I'm talking about disconnecting to the things that are paralyzing you. Because one of the things about this is that it will kill you at a distance. Not kill you, but it will submit you. What, what do I mean by that? 25 feet, man, you could be a threat all the way there. One more time. The threat is existent, but I was able to kill it at a distance. The devil will always attack you at a distance. Why? He doesn't want you to recognize him. Because if you recognize him, you won't, if you, if you can't recognize him, you won't rebuke him. It's just simply as, he's trying to kill you at a distance. He doesn't want to get near you. He wants to, and walk away. Because if you can't recognize where they come from, he, will loves, he loves to attack you at a distance. But you've got to disconnect yourself from the things that are paralyzing. Because the only way the taser works is when it, when it makes connection. It has to be two. Okay, we're going to get into this. It, it, there has to be two prongs that hit your body, okay, in order for the electricity current to go through that then paralyzes you. There has to be a connection the devil will try to find his way around to connect. And, and, and what you're not, I'll tell you this. Sin fascinates before it assassinates, okay? We know this. We have to disconnect ourselves from the things that have paralyzed us, the things that have held us down. Uh, Lazarus, when he was raised, when Christ raised him and said, Lazarus, come out, he came out. But do you know that the scripture was saying that he was still wrapped? 
He, God did the miracle, but he didn't take hold of the responsibility to disconnect. What do I mean by that? He was wrapped in grave clothes. So when Lazarus came out, he received the miracle, but you can't live life without moving your hands and moving your arms and speaking and seeing and hearing. He had to say, remove the grave clothes. There are some of you that had to remove the old you, the things that you used to do, the way you used to talk, the things you used to listen to, and disconnect because those are the things that are keeping you paralyzed. That's why you're not moving forward because you refuse to disconnect. You're trying to win spiritual warfare doing physical things. You're trying to connect to God while you're connected to, you need two prongs in one place. You can't serve. You can't be in both sides. You can't feed the flesh and expect victory in the spirit. You've got to disconnect. Say disconnect with me. Don't disconnect my Netflix, though, because I'll get mad. But it's so important that, hello, I got to watch Orange is the New Black. <laughs> Way too many people that watch that. <laughs> One of my favorite. I got eight minutes. We're good. We're good? Good. Communication. Say communication with me. This is my lifeline. I have to have a relationship with the dispatcher. A dispatcher is a person who dispatches, obviously. It's that person that sounds really cool. The bandana, bandana, 51, the turn around. Well, all the numbers are, you're like, yeah, I got it. It's a language, a special language that only we know. But the only reason, the only reason I know the language is because I spent time with the dispatcher. You're not understanding me. There is a celestial language as a leader that God wants you to know so that you can interpret it in the times of danger, in the times of threat. You're not hearing me, church. There is a language that God has for you to speak to you, to get you out of This is my lifeline. I tell him or her where I'm at. The dispatcher knows when I need backup, when I can't do it by myself. Do you know this? The longer you spend with the same dispatcher, they begin to get familiar with your voice. So when I sound worried, when, when just a hint, just that doesn't sound like Brandon, something's up. Let's go ahead and send them back up. That's what happens when you maintain in the presence of God. You begin to build a profound voice and ear, and God will begin to recognize, and you will begin to recognize, wait a minute, Lord, I need you to send me some backup. I think I'm in trouble. You're not understanding me. There is a language that God has for you to speak, but you got to spend time with the Father. If you want to win some battles, if you want to win some wars, it's time that you hear the voice of God. I got six minutes to break it down. I got six minutes. I want to share another story with you. My first day in the police academy, I'm going to start to speed it up just a little bit because we got a couple of more stuff to talk about. You good? Good. Hey. Okay. First day in my police academy, I looked over-exaggeratively happy. That's a word. We're going to go with it. I was that guy like this. I can't wait. I didn't know what to expect. First day, I'm sitting in a class. The door opens, and I see this guy the size of Goliath with the round hats that you only see in movies, and he's walking like this. Then next to him was a really short guy that looked like Pitbull, like maybe half his size with the round hat walking like this. So he would look up in here, and the guy would look down here, and they're walking. I said, oh, Lord. The moment they opened the door, they said, get up, sit down, get up, sit down. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stay right here. I'm just going to stay right here because one will stand next to me. The other will stand next to me. His, a lower voice. His, a higher voice. Get up. All right. Sit down. Okay. Get up. All right. 
sit down. So I said, okay, well, sir, I'm just going to stay right here then. I'm just going to stay right in the middle because I can't. The reason is I'm sharing this is because you can't listen to two voices. You can't listen to two directions. You can't communicate with two different things because then you'll be at a stagnant place. God has a direction for you. There is a voice that you need to listen to. There is a place he needs you to walk in. Communication is so necessary. I want to talk about pepper spray. So I got some here. Ready? Open the eyes of the blind, Lord. Next thing, experience. Say experience. Experience is good. Experience is so, so good. But we hate it. We want to do the college degree and get the job without experience. We want to, have, we want to, we want to receive the purpose without the progress. We want, we want to re- have the story without. You know, we, we always want to skip things. And, 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 and we can never skip the process. We understand that. But experience is so, so necessary. Listen, I did the academy and I did it twice. Matter of fact, long story, I'll share it another day. And I had to get pepper spray twice. Hated it. The first time, it, I can't, let me describe it as a pound of sand in your eyes that's hot, okay? Do what you will with that. But I was like, Lord, and I had to go not only get pepper sprayed, I had to go through an obstacle course. I said, are you kidding me? Then the guy looks and says, how many fingers am I holding? I'm like, I don't know. There's something burning my eyes. I don't, I don't think you can recognize. But I, but I realized it, I got through it. Second time I did the academy, I went through the pest break. I, I was not as nervous. I wasn't scared. I said, I got this. Not only was I able to do it the second time and go through the obstacles, even though I couldn't see, even though I, I wasn't sure, I also began to help others whose it was their first time. Experience will take you to places. Come on, somebody. God will put you through some things. For one, to realize, wait a minute, if he did it before, he can do it again. Now I'm at a place where I said, wait a minute, I've got confidence in the God I serve. I'll get you out of it. Listen, my brother, I've been through it before. I got you. Listen, I've been through this. I've got you. I can help other people. And I'm there washing their faces, and I'm encouraging them. Listen, it's going to stop in about two hours. I promise we're good. Keep going. Keep moving. Keep moving. And that's what we need, a generation of people to yell at people and say, keep going. Keep moving. It's going to get better. You've got this. It won't kill you. It won't stop you. Keep moving. Keep moving. Touch your neighbor and say, keep going. Keep going. Experience will take you to a place of uncomfortability. I want to talk next about confrontation. This is something that's very scary to me. Because what this means is I've got to get close to my enemy. You see, it's easy to fight at a distance. It's easy to point and say, back up. But what happens when you come to a place of close combat? What happens as a leader when you get to a place of uncomfortability? What happens when you have to confront some things that you stayed at a distance before? You ask God to use you. He puts you in the place, and now you got to face your enemy close. Leadership will take you to a place of confrontation. Leadership will take you to a place of close combat expectancy of close combat Mm. things as a leader will get personal but this will give you the ability to maintain control flashlight I've got two minutes with you guys okay still works 
Vision. Say vision. A leader must have vision. The ability to expose what is in the dark provides officer safety. It provides prevention for something to happen. When I pull people over, I go, how you doing? Can I get your license, registration, proof of insurance? And all these words that I'm saying, I flash the light, they don't even know what happened. Boom, right there. Doesn't even know what happened. Disoriented. But what they don't know is that I took this moment and I began, I already checked the car. I already see no damage. Nothing's going to happen to me. I already have my safety. And the guy's confused. He's disoriented because I already shined the light at him so quick. Boom, right there. There it is. <laughs> and it will give you, it'll give you the power of exposing. Exposing what's in the midst of darkness to prevent damage. Vision is clarity, understanding direction to go. And vision brings a few things. A clear vision will allow you to see beyond dark places. Think of Joseph when he was in prison. Joseph did the right things. What happens when you do the right thing and you end up in wrong places? Vision. He still knew what he saw. God gave him a dream. He said, I'm in prison. I'm surrounded doesn't look like the dream doesn't look like the purpose but I've got vision I can see beyond the darkness I can see beyond my position I can feel I can see beyond my opposition I can see beyond the prison places I can see beyond the pit I know what my God showed me I've got vision I could be in the dark but I can flash the truth and say devil you can try to hide what God has for me but I can see it someone say I can see it I can see it I want you to testify, I can see it. You try to get me blind. You try to put my surroundings to look like what it wasn't. But just like wrapping paper, the gift is always inside. Vision will encourage unity amongst leaders. When you have a clear vision, it brings unity to fulfill that vision. Clarity in your vision will bring unity to all the things that you do. When you can be clear about the vision that God has given you, there will be people to implement and, and embed into it because they can see what you're projecting. Because it's clear. And it brings unity. It brings a team. Let's get this done. Let's make this dream happen. Let's make this vision happen. Vision will also create energy, excitement. Excitement for something tangible. Purpose is so exciting, is it not? When you realize I got purpose, I've got something I can do. It brings that excitement and that energy. It also provides the purpose. When you present a vision as a leader to this generation, there will be people that, that are a part of it and they receive a purpose from it. That's how important it is. It promotes excellence. I've got a few minutes. Give me two minutes. Excellence and sustains a ministry. There was a, I read a book about um, high impact youth ministry five years ago, and they said, Look at the power of excellence. There was a girl who never accepted Christ, did it wasn't into Christianity, but was invited to a concert. The concert took place in a stadium. The stadium was gorgeous, but get this, she didn't even walk inside. She was on her way to the stadium and she saw the tents outside, the greeters, the lines, the beautiful decorations. She fell in the floor and began crying. Security came, they thought she was having a panic attack, anxiety attack. And she said, if somebody would have went through all this trouble so that I can know the name of Jesus, then there must be a God. There is a power behind your excellence. There is a power behind your intentions. You are a leader, and what you do better be good because what you do is not for you, but it's for the King of kings and Lord of lords. Excellence can save lives. Excellence can bring people to the promise. Excellence can show purpose. Let's end with this. The most feared out of all the tools is the gun. 
the threat, the finisher, the it's over, the I'm not playing games, the you better let me see your hands, the, the, the game changer, the, the, the atmosphere shifter. You take that bad boy out, the game changed. It's different now. You, you've got a gun now. The word of God is like a sword, a double-edged sword that will divide. Let me tell you something. When you begin to implement the word of God in your life as a leader and you stand firm knowing that my weapon and my source, I stand by the truth, your truth will change the game. Because when you enter into the presence of God with praise, he enters into your situation with power. It's time that you understand what's on your belt. It's time that you understand what you got in your hands. You've got the truth. You've got, come on somebody. Somebody give God a shout of praise where you are. It's time to understand the weapon that God has given you. But wait. A gun is nothing without a bullet. You can only deposit what you withdraw. What are you feeding yourself? Is your gun loaded? Is your mind filled with the word of God? Is your heart tangible with the word of God? What have you filled yourself? I love what Sammy says. He said, man, you can only stand against the things that come from hell when you fill yourself up with the things that come from heaven. It's time that you fill yourself. When we sing set of fire, it's not to get an emotional exuberance, a moment of a, a, a high, a, a momentary thing. No, you're saying, God, because of the way the world is, I need you to set a fire. I need to be able to be filled with the things that come from heaven to stand against the things that come from hell. I want to pray for you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. And if the worship team can join me. Thank you, Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Right now, at this very moment, I stand before leaders. Father God, world changers. And each of them with their own battles. Doing life on their own, Father God. Lord, I just pray. That this, this, this night, this, this day, this moment, this time period in their life won't be just a momentary thing. Lord, but I pray that you fill each and every one of them with the wisdom, the capability, visions, dreams, and knowledge, unity, Father God. Lord, I encourage each individual that's in this place to fulfill the purpose that you have given them. To run into a dying world and say there is a way, there is a truth, and there is a life. Lord, I pray for courage, Father God, in each and one of their hearts to face their Davids and their Goliaths. Father God, in the name of Jesus, that each of them can face their giant and realize that the name above all names will always reign forever. Father God, I pray for visions and I pray for dreams. I pray for creativity. I pray for innovators and entrepreneurs. Father God, I pray that you pave a way and not only do you pave a way, but that they're able to walk in it. Lord, set a fire in them with the things that come from heaven so that they can confront the things that come from hell and send the devil back to hell where he belongs because our schools belong to you. Our workplaces belong to you. Orlando belongs to you. Port St. Lucie belongs to you. West Palm Beach belongs to you. The United States of America belongs to you. The United Come on, somebody. Lord, we lift you up in this place. And as we begin to shout out with a voice of triumph and we begin to worship, we just pray that you wreck this place, oh God. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Son.